DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Prepping for the holidays, Zero Res can help you clean up before and after the festivities. Keep your carpets clean well into 2022. Give Zero Res a jingle by calling 801-288-9376 or book it online at zeroresaltlake.com or if you're up north at zeroresdavisweber.com. All right, we've been talking with uh, Chris Hill, memory lane stuff as the Utes build uh, over the course of 30 or 35 years from the uh, middle or bottom of the whack to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and so uh, I guess your, your plans for the Rose Bowl here. Oh, are you kidding me? I get to, this is going to be my favorite bowl. The rest of the bowls I had to, uh, had to work and worry <laughs> and all that stuff. Now I just get, I got 24 tickets we bought. Uh, you know, my brother's coming from New Jersey for like a 24-hour visit. And, you know, I just it's just going to be fun. I'm just going to have pure fun, root for the Utes. You know, they fumble like and bitch a little bit and do this and do that. <laughs> and, and, but I, it, it feels so good to be, have been a part of it. You know, I mean, it's not me. It's all the way along the line. We were talking earlier. Everybody in the staff bought in to mm-hmm. the steps we were going to make. We had to look each other eye and say, all right, we're going to beat BYU at least two or three times out of five years. You know, and that today now said, oh, is that your goal? I said, no. At that point in time, that was a realistic thing. Mm-hmm. If we realistic to put that as a goal, you know, and well, you know, BYU helped us a lot because of their facilities and the passion for our people trying. To, and then we got into Pac-12, and then it became nuts. For sure, you know, it went crazy. It was great crazy. I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I look forward to being down there in Pasadena. To me, you know, I, I used to work in the LA market, so I have experience with the Rose Bowl. But and I've said this for years for for youth fans if you can afford it because I don't discount the oh, cost. Oh, it's expensive, it's right? Like, and, and, yeah, so I don't I don't make light of that because I didn't grow up with much money. I'm doing fine now, but back then, uh, certainly not as a kid. So uh, the overwhelming amount of pride you're going to have for university mm-hmm. when you see that team run out of that tunnel, yeah. it's going to be. I was there. I saw your eyes when you watched 50,000 people pour into Sun Devil Stadium. I was yeah. looking right at you, yeah. Yeah. you and Liz Abel, and you, both of you were beaming, mm-hmm. as you should have been, because it was an incredible sight. And uh, Sun Devil Stadium is right next to heaven, I think. It's so high up, so you've got that, and you can see people you know, feeding well, into Well, once a year, there's a good game there, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, nice. <laughs> Bingo. Nice. <laughs> I, I'll let you have that. Um, but I think this is going to oh. supersede anything. And the amount of pride that this university is going to have when that team runs out there in the Rose Bowl with what I call the sand gabes in the background. And God's a Rose Bowl fan because it's always 65, 70 degrees oh, that day. I think people move from the East Coast to the West Coast because of the Rose Bowl. You turn it on, you'd be freezing. <laughs> Tell yeah. them the story, DJ. Yeah. He's <laughs> 10 years old, and he looks at that, and he's like, it's the middle of the afternoon, the sun is out, right. at 70 degrees. They take a shot, everybody's in shirt sleeves, yeah. everybody's smiling. I can't go out because if I shoot baskets in the driveway. I'm growing up in Morris County, New Jersey. Yeah, he shoots <laughs> baskets in the driveway. Way. The ball's wet. His fingers are icy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Just, it's like, that's heaven. What am I doing here? Later in life, I'm getting there. I'm 10 I'm years old, Chris. Yeah. And I literally had that thought in Persephone, yeah. New Jersey, thinking there's a place like that in our country yeah. that I can go to. I'm going. Yeah. Well, it, you know, you weren't the Long Ranger. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, one of those things where one of the guys, when we went to the championship, the final four, I, you, you, tradition has it that you'll call a couple ads before there and said, "Hey, what what'd you do? What were the big things?" They said, "Make sure you do one thing: go on that court, take a breath, and look around." 
because it's pretty cool. <laughs> and I can't wait to go to Rose Bowl mm-hmm. and just sit there and watch the team come out and say, this is us. you got to feel mean, a sense of pride because you played a significant factor in this. You're not there now, yeah. but you're still there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm st- now I think I'm the grandfather of the group. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it feels good. But it's. You know, I hope you guys don't take it as me patting myself on the back. It's just, you know, so much everybody and so much. But it was fun. I mean, there were a lot of risks along the way. But at the same time, we had really good people, good coaches all the time. And good support from everybody. And that coaching thing going forward, Kyle's not going to be there forever. And the goal is to have a program that is competing each year. And you look at, and I think I totaled it up, since the Utes have been in the Pac-12, just the South Division, Count and Lincoln Riley's had 21 coaches. And Utah's had one. So 21 to one. And But there's going to be a time here at some point in the future, whether it's near or the next whatever years, when Kyle Whittingham steps aside. I, I think that if the program's in a good spot, which I anticipated being, that you need a Utah guy in there. Because Kyle, when he took that job, and I talked to him that night mm-hmm. of that uh, BYU-Utah yeah. thing. I was on the phone with him yeah. and going back and forth. And, and I actually said, man, I think you, you're you a Utah guy. And uh, he ended up obviously doing what he did. Uh, I think they should go in that same direction so you're not getting in a situation of what Oregon's in. Oregon's a premier national program. But what would you say, DJ? Four, Four coaches in 10 years, five coaches in 15. Mm-hmm. Bilotti had a 14-year run. But since then... Wow. Three coaches have done four years. Helfrich got fired. The other two took off after their full season. So what's your thought on that? Well, you know, um, (laughs) this is going to sound – whoever you hire, are they really good? Yeah, that's a question. That's That's the leader. That's priority number one. For sure. And I think – and I'm I'm not saying this any other way. If somebody from within is the best, go do that uh, and do it quickly. Uh, But if you still think there's – things out there. You, you need the best coach. I always felt that, um, you know, I told you where I'm from and, you know, I, I'm the antithesis of Salt Lake City, but it didn't take me long to integrate myself there. And I wasn't a Utah guy by even close. I didn't know whether Colorado or Utah, which one was further east and west <laughs> and all that stuff when I came out here. So I, I, uh, I'm kind of, you know, I know a lot of guys in the staff and, you know, who we're talking about. I don't want them to feel like, I don't think that should happen, but just make sure that you feel this is the best coach. Right, but I, I and make think them it, stay. Do what you can to make them stay. See, I think that necess- not necessarily the best coach is the best coach for Utah. Right. Does that oh, make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah. It makes total sense. We have a formula for recruiting. So I, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, so I'm kind of uh, playing both sides of the fence, which I think you do with coaching because you don't know who the people are. And I, having been in the business so long, I'm always so sensitive about people's names and stuff being thrown out there because it can ruin people's career. The formula for recruiting, I think, is really important. That's so important. And and we haven't gone into stuff that's gone wrong in the last 30 years. We're staying very positive here today. Oh, yeah. That's just me. But the the stuff that went wrong with with (laughs) basketball, okay. But with basketball, Rick had a formula and I don't think anybody's really tried to recreate that formula. And he had a really specific formula and it worked. Well, uh, you you know, he was a savant. People always ask who was better, Whittingham or uh, Urban or Majerus, and I don't know the answer to that to this day. What was more fun working with, that's an easy (laughs) question to answer. Majerus' problem is he was too smart. I tell you what, and you say his formula, I I don't know his formula. He He could go over I know this is about football, so we'll be real quick. He could go over every single play in the game. 
But as it was a projector. If it, he, yes. He had yes. a projector. I would sit there in the press room. In my early days, I would try to question him it, but then he'd be on like, I'd miss like the next seven plays because I'm trying to recall one. And it was like he was looking at a film of the game and the rest of us were looking at the wall. His mind was yeah, just off th- the This charts. applies to all sports. And I, I've told everybody this. Define everybody's role. He was ruthless with that. What do you mean I'm not a three-point? Well, he made Drew Hansen feel like when he set a screen for Keith Van Horn that he was a better player than Keith. You know, And a lot of coaches don't really do that as much because that makes for good team play. You're not sitting there saying, well, if I go to a game off the bench and I go three for three, three, three I'm going to now be the star. No, not with Rick. No, no, not no. with Rick. And so that's the same thing in football. I think, I think Kyle's been a good job at taking people from the offense, put them on defense or vice, and they know their role. And then there's camaraderie. There's not, and so I don't know if you can do that again now in certain places. You know, we were talking off the air. What, what do you mean I'm not going to play if I don't play defense? You got to be kidding me! They call their AAU coach and say, "Well, let's get in a portal if they're going to make yeah, it. defense." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be kidding! It's Allen Iverson, you're talking defense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it's hard. I don't know. Rick couldn't have survived in these days. I don't think because, you know, so yeah, I had for another, a lot of reasons. <laughs> I had another member of the media tell me that for a lot, not for every coach. But for a lot of coaches, both football and basketball, that the combination of the transfer portal and the NIL, they're just going to be like, no. What do you mean? They're not going to want coach? I'm, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. I think people that have made their mark, made their money, right. they're going to say, you know, this is crazy. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think the portal's more um, uh, uprooting things than actually the NIL. I really do. The portal's more disruptive. Mm-hmm. I think so. Because the NIL, I mean, you're going to get guys that can make a lot of money in this and that, but and they say people are going to cheat, but, you know, now it's just out in the open. You know, it's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no <laughs> question. And we all know stories of cheating. Uh, looking from the Pac-12 perspective of the football playoff, what do you think will benefit the Pac-12 the most with any type of change to the playoff format? Uh, the, the, at league championships, league champions have to Automa- go. Automatic. That's it. Whatever formula they come up with, that's what the Pac-12 needs. And so, how many of that? Five? Uh, five right now, yeah. So it could grow. I've heard two plans. One is 12-team playoff, the, and the original plan was the six highest-ranked league champs, and then the next six teams, regardless I'm, of whether I'm they're champs or not. But now it's 12, the Power Five, one G5, and the next six. I think there's only one season where there's an example of two G5s get in front of a Power 5 and squeezing out, and that's last year when Oregon, off a five- or six-game schedule, as a second-place team in division, Washington can't go, and then Oregon wins the game. Yeah. So it seems yeah. like there's very little risk to the Power 5s, and yet they're unwilling to take it. Is it really good for college football to have a Power 5 and a G5? Wouldn't it just be better just... I mean, it's realistically because of money. That's how well, it's going to be most uh, of the time, anyway. Is, yeah. The the, pro- the problem is that basketball's regular season means nothing now, and so uh, football. If you winning the league championship doesn't mean something in November, mm-hmm. you know. You know, there's all the other bowl games you go to, but you know, I feel I don't think they're motivating factors to go to some you know weed eater something bowl, yeah, yeah. and uh, but it could diminish the regular season if you don't have the hope. Of winning your league championship means you go to the biggest of bigs. Mm-hmm. I think it can enhance the regular season because then you can have you don't need to worry about going three and zero. So you could potentially, I mean, I know for confidence sake, play tougher issue. teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the non-conference exactly what can I do. be a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right now I, I think they're doing a good job of playing tougher teams right now. 
because you know they're playing a couple of non-conferences. But it's a sensitive thing. But if your league champion can be guaranteed to go to one to the playoff. You play anybody you want. I agree. I anybody think they got to go that. They got to mm-hmm. go that. Is yeah. uh, is Utah at a point now? You were talking earlier about how Chris Hill joined us, former Utah athletic director. That when you went into the Pac-12, you wanted three games where, in a bad year, you're two and one, but mm-hmm. in most years, you're three and zero. Right. That's exactly. And that's how you set it up for a decade. Mm-hmm. But now there's a home and home with Florida. Yeah. And BYU is on the verge of being a Big Twelve opponent here. Mm-hmm. Not. You know, by the time they come mm-hmm. back on the schedule, they will be. And there's been talk of this alliance, so I don't know if they're going to keep an SEC game with Arkansas or if that's going to end up evaporating. Mm-hmm. And they're going to play a Big Ten or ACC opponent. Is the program at a place where that's okay and manageable, that everyone's going to be playing 10, quote-unquote, Power 5 opponents? Yeah, as, as long as you have a chance to win your league and go. But if you don't, if you're, if you're a Pac-12 school and you lose a non-conference game, I think Oregon did that a year ago or a couple years Two ago. Two years ago, yeah. And, and you, you know, is anybody going to go through nine league games undefeated? No one has. So yet. then you got yeah. a two-loss Pac-12 team going against a two-loss SEC team. You're never going to win that, you know. So the the reality is, oh, you're, you're talking that. about the the from the committee standpoint. Yeah, I, I skipped two paragraphs on that. Yeah, one. I, I know what you mean. Okay, thank you. And so. Uh, you know, now it's if they can do that, you can play anybody. And, right. and you know, mentioned I'm. This sounds really strange. I am really glad BYU's in the Big Twelve, really, because it makes it just better. You know, for us, with uh, there's no brainer now scheduling because they're in the same deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and you know that that's really good. They're they're going to have their league schedule when they have it. They're going to open. You know, so uh, although I know they missed somebody the year they play Florida. But being in the Big 12, uh, I'm biased because I love the Pac-12 and the cities we play and all that stuff. And I don't want to go to Lubbock and all those places. I hear you. But I, I think that really helps the whole uh, anxiety in the state sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's a... If you have to cut off anything, you might want to do that. <laughs> I would, somehow I'm no, just no, that makes sense. I'm 0 for 20 when I talk about another school. No, come on. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm in last place. The thing we've learned talking about Utah and BYU is that if you say something about positive about one school, you're going to get blasted by the other fan base. And if you say something negative about a school, then you're going to get blasted by that fan base. Right. So if you talk about the Jazz, possibly. Possibly, you can say something that'll make you positive, make it make the audience feel positively about you. Right. But if you're talking about Utah and BYU, somebody <laughs> he didn't say anything that wasn't some, right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But yeah. you know, oh yeah, and somebody's gonna say, "What are you doing? We had it right where yeah. we wanted it, Chris." Happy. Yes. You know. So yes. Exactly. So it's kind of one where I, I decided that I have a I have a learning disability with talking <laughs> well, about well, that. Topic. If you're gonna play them, and then if you should happen to lose to them, well, it's, it's not a, that big of a deal, right? Bingo. They're on the same level. Yeah. And, and, and if you beat that. them, it's a bigger deal because they're on the same level. Yeah, but that makes people angry when you say which level somebody said. Yeah. You know, if all of a sudden you're playing so well, it's at a lower level. Oh, my God, the phone goes off the hook. You know. Yeah, yeah, I know, but yeah. you got to look at it realistically. There's got to be some truth involved. Yeah, but anyway, but it's you know it's a you know been an interesting interesting ride that's for sure, and you know I'm pleased that when you leave someplace you want it to be better. 
and keep going. You did. And, and that's really, you know, I think that's the mark of what you can feel good about. And I'm talking about all the people I work with. You know, you mentioned Liz and, you know, the Marsdens. With their, all adds up to, like, you know, but, And, and maybe, maybe even a step further, because doing live shots for TV and doing post-game shows when I was doing radio at UC Santa Barbara, you see how many people break an arena down after a game? Like, the number of people that it takes to do this day in and day out. And the people who aren't front-facing, but they still got to be good. I mean, you yeah. walk into some place and an arena or a stadium isn't set up right and there's a problem. Oh, yeah. It makes the school look small-time like they don't know what they're doing. So yeah. your, we did a your great name and face is out there. We did a great job coaches. at that. We, yeah. we, I can say that because I, no, I sat across from the bench in basketball because if the, fa- if, the, if the scoreboard went out, I was the last guy to know what to do. And, <laughs> but we, I had so much confidence. OP, I just said, hey, just do a great job and, and we'll move on. So uh, it, it, we had to do – and that's part of the thing we did when we were uh, growing up to get in that league is that we decided, you know, I got on a lot of committees, got to know people, and we said every time a school comes in here, we want them to leave saying, man, that's as good a game management as I've ever seen. Sure. You know, and uh, you can do that. The things we could do didn't take as much money as people think. Right. You know, and uh, so so many things that add up. It's it's just been a blast. I was thinking of something else, but I can't remember it right now. So, and I'm allowed to do that now. (laughs) 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 I don't have to worry about what I'm selling or what I'm doing or what happens, you know, I, you know. Uh, All right, well, have fun on the trip to Pasadena. You got extended family and friends, so and uh, and you got a you got a guy on the job now, Mark Harlan, who's got to go all the meetings, and Uh, you can just put on a shirt and tie and go to a dance and a gala while everybody's out having a good time. So you can go to the beach. But I I want to thank you guys for wanting to do this. Uh, It was enjoyable for me, and uh, all the way along the way, I want to thank all the people I work with, all the coaches, all that stuff, all the fans. Uh, you know, because it was all the deal. Everybody, the bandwagon was small, and the bandwagon kept growing. And Did. you can't grow. You can't get on the bandwagon yourself and make it grow. All right. One more thing before I let you go. Sure. PK and I talk about this, and then people tell we're nuts. I know, Yak. Sorry. I'll just apologize in advance. We're going way late here. Um, but we talk about other pro teams coming to town. People would be very excited to get Major League Baseball here. Mm-hmm. Recently, there was talk about the NFL. I don't think it'll ever happen because I don't think anybody wants to pay mm-hmm. for the stadium. But right. whatever. If it did, whatever. How big an impact would that have on not just Utah, but all the college programs? Because I look at the Pac-12, you know, Denver and Phoenix and L.A. and the San Francisco Bay Area all have all four of the major sports. Some of them have multiple teams. Seattle has three of the four major sports. Would another pro team have a negative impact just because there's only so many people, there's so many season ticket holders, there's so much money? Is part of the magic of this place that it's bigger than Tucson, it's bigger than Pullman, it doesn't have all the pro teams. Is that part of the magic of college Absolutely. sports here? Absolutely. And uh, that's part of the magic. And you go up to Ute Game, you say, I'll never forget Lavelle Edwards said to me once, he said, I said, what, what was your career? What did you feel most about? He says, I made Saturdays important in Provo. Yeah. And Saturdays are important in Utah right now. And mm-hmm. everybody had a part of it. So I, I if saying this a hundred times, but I don't want this to be about me. I was involved a lot and all that stuff, but it was a... Uh, so many people along the way. And I don't say that to be corny or anything. That's just the way it is. I can think of so many times where people lifted me up off the deck and said, Chris, you can't do that. <laughs> you better not yeah. do that or you'll get killed. So yeah. anyway, but it thanks a, to everybody. Yeah. It yeah. takes a lot of people to pull the rope and, and, and drag everything to the top of the hill. Yeah. It takes a lot of people yeah. pulling on the rope. Absolutely. 
Chris, we appreciate your time. Oh, Thanks no. for coming in. Enjoy. Chris right. Hill, former Utah Athletic Director. More in a moment. Yach's going to play this commercial break, and he's going to stop glaring at me. Stop glaring at me, Yach. Thanks, guys. That's, That's next. Nice. I appreciate it. With a blowout victory over San Diego State, Blake Anderson and the Aggies have brought an improbable Mountain West Conference Championship to Logan. Logan. Now the Aggies prepare for a showdown against Oregon State in the first ever L.A. Bowl in SoFi Stadium. Your home for the best coverage of Aggie football. Aggie football. As well as all the play-by-play action is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Just had Dr. Chris Hill in, former Utah Athletic Director, and talked to him about a lot of stuff that happened with the Utes over the last 30 years as they climbed to the Rose Bowl. We did have some other things we hit earlier in the show. We had Mike Smith on, Jazz Studio Analyst. The Jazz beat the Timberwolves, who are currently in the middle of the league. Maybe they'll end up at the bottom of the league. But, PK, we've been saying for a long time, the Jazz are talented. They are really good. And maybe not to 32 points because that's a pretty extraordinary blowout. But I do expect the Jazz to handle the middle of the league by 15 to 20 points a lot. Not all the time because it's a grind and you don't always have all your guys. But they're, they're way better than the middle of the league. And I don't really have a problem with the flow of the game. You know, it's a one-point game at halftime. But we saw the statues do this night in and night out. You measure a team in the first half. Who, who are you missing? Who are they missing? Figure out some matchups. Maybe their coaches put some wrinkles in. But yeah. you've seen it all by halftime. It's textbook. Yeah. And then in the third quarter... Boom, drop the hammer. There's no room for flukes. There's no room for last-second calls or bad shots. And I thought they, I thought they took it to another level because I don't mm, expect oh, yeah, 32 yeah. blowouts. Yeah, but you yeah. were talking earlier about how when it's going right, it's so smooth and so easy. And they were playing so well there in a the stretch. They had one stretch where they went to the small lineup and it didn't go very well. Gobert was in foul trouble. I think there was a timeout, and I don't even know if Quinn Caller, if it was just one that fell naturally in the game. But they came out of that, and they had all the problems fixed. <laughs> they just they just annihilated Minnesota. The ball's flying up court. Joe's throwing it to Clarkson in the corner. He's hitting a three. I mean, it was just yeah. It, it was, I, I want to say it was effortless, but obviously a lot of effort went in to getting to the point they're at. But man, they made it look easy for eighteen minutes. They're awesome. just super. Well, that's the problem. Is they were super <laughs> last night, but they haven't been super all year. It's mm, good. I don't want them to be super now anyway. Really, I want them to show consistent levels of good to great, but I don't want them to be playing their best ball now. So are the Warriors and Suns in a little position of weakness because they've started off too good? It's almost like things can't go this well this long. Except we've seen the Warriors win 70 games. Yeah, but the Warriors then (laughs) are not the Warriors now. They They were leaps and bounds, whatever phrase you want, better than the league. Yes. So they did it. And Jordan did it. Yeah. Okay. You got me. And back when uh, the Lakers and they won, that was all those games, and they won 60. So the, the Warriors and Suns really are going to go four and five, and the Jazz are going to catch them. Uh, I don't know that they're going to catch them. It, ultimately, it matters, you know, what the seeding is at the final analysis, and I think it's going to be close because three games with fifty to go, which is more than fifty anyway, but uh, is nothing. I mean, the, you know, in, injuries in the NBA are so 
crucial. And then, you know, this dumb buyout thing, which I think they need to do something with that. You know, how does that play out? And yep. we're, we're still two months away from that. Yep. Uh, so, so many things can change between now and then. And, and as I said, you know, there's a good chance that the, uh, the Jazz can acquire Damian Lillard for Trent Forrest, Jared Butler, and uh, as Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for working the trade machine for us. I did. I just put it in the salaries match. Uh, as long as you put in half of Ryan Smith's uh, <laughs> net worth. <laughs> so, so many things. I just, st- to me, <clears throat> this is like a horse race. And they're they're just barely making the first turn, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be twenty lanes back, but I don't need to be in first place. Now it, you put that warrior team back then; they were secretariat. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're looking back. Is anybody so, back there? Hello, hello. And hello. I agree. And they're not secretariat, but are they affirmed? They might be. They might be, but it's too early. It was at the first turn was affirm affirmed. So. I don't know. Maybe. S- still left to go. And, but I want the Jazz to be, if they, if they need a little finishing kick to finish first, I want to see them be, at, if, you're, if you're eight games back with 15, 20 to play, you've probably got no chance. You know, but if you're two, well, then, then be, and then two, if you don't win that and you finish two games back, that gives me a lot of confidence going into the regular se- or playoff because basically you've all everybody plays the same schedule. Now there's different uh, qualifiers within the schedule. You know who was available, how, when did you play them on the end of a trip, blah blah blah. So not everything is completely created equal, but none of that matters when the ball goes up game one anyway. So right now I'm comfortable where they are. You know they're they're going, approaching the first turn, and it's not like they would need some phenomenal kick down the stretch. Uh, so, so still a lot to go, and the one thing I want you to watch for tonight. See, you we had uh, former athletic director Chris Hill in studio for an hour or so, and you had to go downstairs to let him in. We're on the fifth floor of the arena, and uh, so you left so he wasn't standing outside in the snow and rain. So you left right at the tail end of uh, Mike Smith's interview to go let him in, and so I had to carry it. And so he was asking me, "Is there one thing you want me to bring up with a lemma?" And I said, yes, on tonight's show, I want you to get him to name the last name of that famous Hawaiian singer, Israel. Do you know who that guy is? He's, just, he's deceased now, but he was like 600 pounds. He had a big weight issue, but his voice was, his voice was heaven. Unbelievable singer. And his last name is like Kamehamehameolele, and I can't even come close, but Alema can nail it. So I said, I want you to get him to say that last name. And he says, well, how to do it? I say, hey, Mitchell comes out and his stroke is pure. His stroke has been very pure, right? Or bogey, whoever it might be tonight. Yeah. And so I want you to say, and his stroke is so pure. It's like the voice in basketball form of that great Hawaiian singer. What's his name? And then a lemon will say it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for plotting out the pregame show for him. And, he'll, and he, say, he said he might say it in postgame. Oh, okay. Not enough time at halftime. So either pre or post. And I said, okay. Post I can watch tonight. Oh, it's early game. At five. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when you guys are running past ten o'clock, I got to get up. Yeah. So I tend to go to bed. Uh, you know, I, I watch usually post. I watch Quinn to see what he has to say, mm-hmm. and then depending on the game, I go to bed. Or if it's something that I really got to hear, I suck it up 
And I listened to it. Yeah. So we don't know how the game's going to be tonight. But I said, there'll be no problem tonight. You're going to be done by 9 o'clock at the latest. That's way early for me. Yak's another story. Me? I'm, a, I'm up at 9, usually. Yeah, tip-off tip is at 5. Post-game will fall I'm between 7.30 and 8. I'm not going to lie. As a guy, you guys know how early I get up. These yeah. games are my favorite. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. stunned texting with you how late you're up some nights. Uh, I, well, I couldn't do it. When you got kids under the age of five. I know. Uh, well, yeah, I know. But I'd I'm say, still sweetheart. <laughs> you're going to have to handle this. <laughs> she handles a lot. But yeah. So he'll say the name of this guy, and the beautiful, LM's pronunciation is just so awesome. So look for that in the postgame or pregame. DJ and PK reminding you the fifth annual Black Friday sale has been extended at Davis Vision through December. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get LASIK now and save $1,400. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. John Wilner from the Mercury News and the Pac-12 Hotline. What are your thoughts on a Utah-Ohio State matchup? A lot of people think Ohio State is going to not have a huge sense of urgency because, you know, it's playoff or bust for them. But I happen to think Ohio State's going to bring their A game, and it will be interesting. I mean, it's a different level of talent and athleticism than Utah's used to see. Even compared to Oregon, right? I know Oregon won the head-to-head, but, you know, Ohio State's a way better team now than it was then. Utah will have to take a page out of Michigan's playbook and just try to calm the ball, right? Rising field 15, 20 times, and then just run the ball as often as they can and see if that works. And if it does work, I think Utah has a good chance to win. If Utah can't run the ball, then we're talking about big problems. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. The warehouse, you know? Join Unrivaled Friday at the warehouse from noon to 3. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Just like news that's going to come out of Provo here soon, boom! <laughs> I like <laughs> it. No matter what the news is, yeah. it'll blow your mind, right? I'm not telling you what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> Do you even think it's been determined what it is? Is there something to know right now? No, I think It's that all in... Kalani's certainly in the mix, but I think Wilcox at Cal, because Wilcox is a duck. His family are ducks. If it walks like a duck... If it quacks like a duck, it should coach like a duck. That makes sense, but I just wanted to say it. Get your tail's kicked by Utah? <laughs> yeah. But but Cal is in a, I mean, there's, that, that that's a totally different job. We were actually, I asked you about this off there. not even be in the same conference. A couple days ago yeah. about Oregon, Cal, UCLA, and BYU. Rank those jobs. Well, Oregon's one and Cal is four, and you can sit around and debate UCLA and BYU and what's BYU going to be when they're in the Big 12, but what's UCLA if USC gets it going with their new coach, and are all UCLA's advantages, if not all, a lot of them going away because kids don't necessarily want to stay at home. They know they can transfer back if it doesn't work out. All the games are on TV, and you can FaceTime with fans, so... Football is like about 90th on everyone's priority list in Berkeley. I've been there a thousand times. So 90th in Berkeley and yeah. 30th at UCLA? Uh, but they want it to be more. They talk a good game. Some they don't even do. talk a good game at Berkeley. No, they don't. No. No, it's when you're 60 years into this, you're, it's systemic. <laughs> there's, there's issues. Yeah. And part of it is the passion. 
But I also think that, the, yeah, the p- passion is a big thing, which is why I think Utah is sets apart from so many schools in the conference. Uh, but I think BYU has as much passion as Oregon. There's no doubt about it. They just don't have the cash. Kalani wants his football program funded. That's the ball. How many times do I have to freaking say it? I'm not going to tweet it out, so you're not going to get that on Twitter. You can go get it from somebody else. He's or put on Twitter. Some inside sources on Cougar Line. That's, go ahead, fine. <laughs> but he wants his program funded. That's what he wants. He wants yes. it funded at the level to play in and the Big 12. My gosh, that has been told to me, you freaking idiots. Chris, Chris Hill was just in here talking about the, the jump and jump of the Grand Canyon going into the Pac-12. And yes. Kalani knows about that. Nayrod knows about that. Of course and they Tom do. Has and Tom Homo has talked to Chris Tom Homo knows about it. He knows about it. Tom so. Homo would fund it as much as he could. It's beyond him. Uh, we got the feedback here. Greg says, great interview with Chris Hill. He had a great run. Did you find out if he patched up things with Bobby? <laughs> we didn't ask about that. Oh, Through the wall Bobby in the post game. Bobby Dagler. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, Chris Hill isn't perfect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and in retrospect, that was funny. I mean, at the time, it's a big deal, but now it's just funny. People get mad. It happens. Yeah. Right in the heat of the moment. It's during the post game. I know. Yeah. Uh, Super Serial at Climate Changer says top of the Pac-12 and the middle of the whack are basically the same thing this year. <laughs> middle of the whack. The whack doesn't play football. <laughs> uh, they're going to be back. A big true. whack, big sky rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray says, if the Warriors are affirmed this year, the Jazz are Alyssa. Hashtag forever runner up. I think he means Aladar. <laughs> Alyssa? <laughs> Pretty sure you mean Aladar. What am I missing? <laughs> it's just a little off. It's affirmed in Aladar, classic horse race. He affirmed won the Triple Crown, and Aladar finished second in every race. The Warriors are affirmed, and the Jazz are Alyssa. I don't know that the, ja- the Warriors are yet. They were... Well, that was because I brought up a firm because you said Secretariat. That's who they were then. They were awesome. Certainly the best shooting team of all time. I don't know if anybody can argue that puppy. You got the best shooter, so that's a good good place to start from. Yeah, and Clay Thompson might be the second best. Awesome. And he's not back yet, but he will be. But he'll be back because I saw him riding his bike on the Strand in Manhattan (laughs) over the summer. Jared gets the last word. He says, I mean this in no disparaging way, but isn't it kind of interesting how Utah owes Texas and Oklahoma a big thank you for saying no to the Pac-10, while BYU owes Texas and Oklahoma a big thank you for saying yes to the SEC? Yeah, we dis- we've discussed, we discussed that. that at the time. We're 100% on board with that, Jared. We knew that was... Just, and who cares? It's where you, It's just where you are in the pecking order. I hope and, it's not a mock <clears throat> either way. It doesn't well, he, matter. He said, I mean this in no disparaging way, okay, so good. I'll take him at face value. Well, that, that's the truth. Yeah, I was, it, told, I was told that 12 years ago. Utah's going once these two if they say no i knew about it weeks ahead of time because they said no then i knew utah was in and or uh the same thing happened here for byu and they're in dj and pk we're out of time jake and ben are coming up next we'll see you tomorrow